Welcome to The Pipeline, all things CD and DevOps podcast by the CD Foundation. My name is Jacqueline Salinas. I am Director of Ecosystem and Community Development. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 21. And today we are going to be talking about GitOps and secrets. Our guest speakers today are Cara Delamarque, James Strahan, and James Rawlings from CloudBees. Welcome. So, Cara, how did you get started in DevOps? Uh, hi. Thank you so much for having me on, Jackie. This is really a pleasure. I got started in DevOps um, first from the dev side of it. So, I was working as a developer in, in London, um, working freelance, and then also a Ticketmaster. And my experience of the ops side of it was very much the two being relatively separated. Um and then I was contacted by Tracy Miranda to join her team at CloudBeast, which is the open source community team working with the Jenkins X and the Jenkins projects. And it was really there that I learned more about um, DevOps and best practices around DevOps. So it's been quite a learning journey for me. Very cool. Thank you. What about you, James R? I'll be honest, it's a little bit hazy. Um, but I think, I mean, it, a lot of it started, uh, I guess, around, um, I used to work in uh, in integration and uh, I started working with James, uh, James Strachan, and we were working on a few things um, uh, over at Red Hat. And we had a small team, an awesome team, um, but we were had a lot, lot of things to do. So we wanted to automate a lot of things, so enable us to go faster. Um, it was around about the same time that the State of DevOps reports were coming out and loved everything that was in there and all the findings they were happening and all the things they were recommending. And so it was really trying to take all of those on board so that enable us to go faster. And as it turned out, you know, it turned out, I guess, some of the things we were doing, other people were using. So I guess that's where I came into it. Okay, thank you. And James S., what about yourself? I've got a pretty, firstly, let me apologize for my internet. My kids are off school, like it's utterly terrible. So I apologize if I cut out. Um, I've got a very similar story to James. I kind of fell into DevOps and GitOps by accident, and mainly just because we needed to be able to deliver software. And as containers came along and the cloud came along and Kubernetes came along, everything kind of changed in how we built and released packet software. And we just needed to automate all that stuff and there wasn't much out there to do it. So it's one of those itches that started itching and I started scratching it by accident. And soon I was working on it full time. I, I kind of fell into DevOps too. <laughs> so I understand. Um, so great. Thank you so much for joining us. And today we're going to be focused on GitOps and secrets. So our first question is, what is GitOps and what are the benefits of it? That's a good question. <laughs> so with GitOps, um, the entire state of your system is described in declarative specification and that's stored in Git. And it doesn't have to be Git, but uh, Git is the most popular version control uh, system in the software industry today. So hence we call it GitOps. So basically you do your operations and you manage all your operations through pull requests and through using a Git-based workflow. And what would be some of the benefits of, of doing, organizing it on GitOps this way? Or talking from our own, 
talking from our own um, uh, experiences, which I think is sometimes easier to lean on sometimes, um, we're quite good at deleting clusters, um, sometimes intentionally, sometimes not intentionally. Um, but it's kind of good because it's good practice. We, we always want to be able to recover it or put come back to a, a consistent state. Um, being able to have that ability or that confidence that you know you can um, treat your clusters, your cattle not pets, and being able to recover at any point to exactly the same point as a, from a disaster recovery point of view is really, really comfortable rather than having that emergency, you know, something bad has happened and you have a bunch of people on the call for a day or two trying to recover something. You've got that confidence that you can just get everything back. Mm-hmm. is one way yeah so James raises a really good point that all changes um, in GitOps are auditable and and often that means and you know like perfectly recorded so that means often you can do rollbacks quite it really facilitates rollbacks so and disaster recovery mm-hmm. oh that's a great benefit because um, there's everything's tracked basically is, is, is the benefit of this um, tell me a little bit more about uh, secrets how like what are some of the issues um, that folks experience with secret management with GitOps and Kubernetes do you want to go for go for, for I'll, I'll do a quick one yeah so uh, I agree with everything we've just said about GitOps GitOps is awesome but you probably don't want to check your secrets into Git because repositories are public or sometimes they have quite broad access because they start being secrets. And usually secret. And so Git uh, uh, is not the best place for them. So the challenge of secrets and GitOps is how do you combine GitOps and secrets into one simple declarative flow? So you can manage secrets where they should be in your secret manager, in your vault, in your cloud storage somewhere with proper RBAC and security. But combine that with the GitOps approach. So it's about joining the technologies together, GitOps, in a, in a kind of clean way. Mm-hmm. And, and what are some of the solutions available that uh, allow developers to, to facilitate this and to be able to leverage these these tools together? So one of the one of the first solutions was uh, that came out was something called Sealed Secrets which is basically you take your secret, you encode them and encrypt them and you check them, in, which is good because but it's not awesome because seal secrets aren't the easiest things to work with. Mm-hmm. You have to spend a lot of time messing around with GPG keys and rotating keys and the, the user interface of dealing with secrets that way is, is not awesome. We, we started with seal secrets ourselves and they're not a really nice thing to work with, whereas there's lots of industry standards like HashiCorp, all the cloud vendors have a, a cloud secrets storage solution, Google, Amazon, they've all got really good cloud-hosted solutions that are like Vault. And really, that's what people tend to want to use for secrets, like the official secret storage. So we've been using something called Kubernetes External Secrets, which bridges the gap between Kubernetes secrets and secret storage, well, with GitOps. So we've been combining GitOps, Kubernetes External Secrets, and secret stores, those three things together, uh, which has been working awesome. We love it. Yeah, can you can you all tell me a little bit about the evolution of secrets? Um, when, like, why would I need to be? What is the secret? I guess is is the first question. And you know, what's the value of maintaining that that identity secret? And how, like, like you mentioned, it first started out um, with the seal secret tool. 
how did that kind of start evolving? Particularly with, um, with, with CICD, but it can be applied for any kind of application. You might want to have some kind of integration that might be that might need permission access to go and um, say upload a jar or interact with a SaaS or have some kind of um, interaction there. So typically that requires authentication. Um, so you want to be able to within your within your build or within your application um, have some secrets that you can have in your on the file system or as an environment variable that you can then use to go and interact with these other systems. So it's kind of it's really really handy, particularly with CI/CD, but yeah any application to be able to have access to to a secret in kubernetes ways there's a, something called the kubernetes secret which you can mount as environment variables or mount onto the file system but kubernetes secrets aren't terribly secure in the self because they, they're just the um, base 64 encoded but even then they're stored inside the cluster so you almost want to separate from the concerns so that if you have your your secret management solution like vault like google secrets manager the other ones that james has mentioned in there the different cloud providers you yeah, they will probably your secrets will probably be stored and managed there, rotated there, but you need them kind of replicated into the cluster. Um, so the source of truth is outside the cluster, replicated inside, so your applications can then use for the integrations. Okay, thank you. That makes a lot more sense. Sorry, I'm still learning a lot about <laughs> the industry. Um, how does Jenkins X tie into all of this? Like what, what role does, does Jenkins X play? Um, is there a way that we are able to standardize um, some of these uh, Kubernetes external secrets for secret management? Yeah, keep, tell me more about it. Carl, James, did you want to go for, for that one? Oh, I'll, I'll let, I'll let uh, James handle the, the Jenkins X. That's yeah. you, James. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, go, I'll have a go. Um, so, it, it turns out that secret handling was one of the more complicated parts of Jenkins X2. When we were putting together the Rust X3, we really wanted to nail secrets nicely, just because it's one of those things that almost every application has secrets. You, know, you write a, a, a microservice, and the microservice has to talk to a database, so you need a secret to connect to the database, or you need to talk to Git, or you need to talk to Jira, or you need to talk to some external system. Pretty much everything you do, these days needs a secret. So Jenkins X needs secrets to be able to you know, publish images, to create pull requests and Git, um, plus the applications that people are building and deploying. So it's a kind of a common problem for everyone in every environment. So we, we wanted a simple way to manage secrets that was as standard as we could make it. Um, that works for secrets that Jenkins X needs, but also secrets that your application needs in development, staging, and production, but also additional tools you might use, so tools like Tekton and Artifactory and Nexus and various other tools like that as they need. We wanted a single way of managing secrets across everything. Um, so we tried to come up with a really simple way of integrating Kubernetes external secrets with technologies like Vault and the cloud vendors' secret stores and merge that with the GitOps ethos so that everything is declarative in Git of the actual secret values. What Jenkins X will also then do, will have um, 
when we we don't check any any secrets into Git with that. So, but the idea is that it'll there is a reference that we generate. We generate a resource, an external resource, into Git, which is basically a pointer to the location in the secret store that is either Vault or Google Secrets Manager or, or any of them. Um, so that when the um, external secrets in the side of the cluster is running, it knows where to go and get the source of truth, the real value of that secret. Then that controller inside the cluster will then go and pull the secret out using that lo- the location details and populate a, a community secret inside. So it's, Jenkins X is really trying to have, use the abstraction layer of, of external secrets, but then integrate with whatever secrets management solution that users actually have to tie into their organization and not, not rather than forcing them down one route. So it's really just trying to put a layer of, uh, of a developer experience around uh, UX around um, being able to manage secrets outside and but able to use them within your applications. Okay. And that, having that abstraction layer over secret management systems is really useful for users. It gives you a nicer developer experience, but it also gives you more flexibility. So you can have an easier time of changing, say, cloud providers or your secret management system. Um, And that's that's really quite nice um, feature of Jenkins X. Yeah, well, I, mean, you... we, we, I was just going to say we. I mean, we actually started off. You know, we saw you know, before all external secrets from from GoDaddy came about. Was you know, a lot of the time we did a, a lot of secrets from our local file system, booting up clusters. But that's that's not ideal in any world, really. In any real enterprise world, you need to be having using a, a secrets management store, so that if you do need to change anything, revoke any tokens, and do do real secrets management, you don't want to be messing around with secrets. On your on your laptop because that's just dangerous and they will get leaked and accidents will happen. So, using uh, industry tooling and, and SaaSes and integrations around for secrets management is really the way to go. And having this integration with external secrets is is quite powerful. Great, thank you so much. Um, for folks who are interested in learning more about Jenkins X and contributing, um, how do how can we get them started? What is your recommendation? Now is actually never better time than ever, really. Um, sorry, go on, Kara, you were going to you were going to say something. <laughs> Well, we've been doing a huge push on the docs. And in fact, we have version three docs um, coming out for version three Jenkins X, which is now in alpha and soon on its way to beta for beta. Um, And we're very, very excited about it. The docs are looking great. So please do check them out, especially check out the V3 docs because we have very good getting started instructions. And that's really one of the best ways to see the advantages of Jenkins X to spin it up and try it out. Um, within the docs, we also have a lot of, uh, sort of thought pieces on like some of why certain decisions were made, the architecture, the benefits, things like that. And then of course, there's links to the repos. And in addition, we have biweekly office hours. There are SIGs you can join. We of course have our GitHub repos with issues there. You can contribute. We welcome contributions. So um, please do get involved. We also have our Slack channels that are quite active and you can find out more information about those on the community pages on the doc site. And that's Jenkins X IO. 
Very cool. Thank you so much, Kara. Um, uh, one other thing that I was uh, going to mention. Um, so the community page includes all of the information uh, for the SIG meetings when they happen with links on how to log in or how do folks get that far <laughs> or where can folks get that info? Uh, for the SIGs, I think there's a link to our um, community repo on okay. the Genesex org on GitHub. And then there we have more information about our two SIGs, which is the doc SIG and the platform and testing SIG. The other thing to mention as well about the two things I was going to just add on as well as that the, the Slack channel we saw the details on the community page is really really active it's not just for it's, an, it's a good community to be in so even if you just have questions around development or for the cloud and it's people a lot of people there sharing their experiences so you don't have to necessarily to be contributing to Jenkins X to come start learning about some of the common practices people are using and some of the approaches people are taking so it's a really good friendly community to fit to and fun environment to be in so can check out the Slack channels as well. Um, and just one more thing as well, you were saying about some of the ways to get involved. Uh, there is a massive push around v, uh, V3. Uh, as Cara mentioned, we're really close to a beta. Um, but one of the other great, there's many great things about the beta, about version three. One of the key things is uh, the extensibility model around that. So it's a clear extension point. Some people have already been contributing their own uh, plugins, CLI plugins, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a nice way to be able to extend the core Jenkins X to be able to add your own capabilities. So even if it's not something yourself you want, but maybe you want to add in and extend for the community to use, then it's a great way to, to be involved in that way. Great. Awesome. I will also include uh, in the uh, episode description these links so folks can also uh, more easily go and and start learning more about Jenkins X. Um, what about some resources on Jenkins X and also GitOps and secret management? Any recommendations um, that you have for folks that kind of really dig in? I saw a really, really good blog the other day and a, a, a really good presentation. Um, Carla, what was that one? I think it was at CDCon, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. You need to have some kick. You watch that. Yeah, go and check out, uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, so CDCon, Carla did a uh, presentation talk on this as well. Um, and so, yeah, have a little look at that. I think it's really great. And again, just reach out to any, any questions that people have. Very cool. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, I'd love to have you back for when we go beta on Jenkins X3. Thank you so Thank you much so for much. having us on, Jackie. This is really, really lovely. Really enjoyable. Thank, Thank you. you. Please, yeah, I hope you guys come back soon. Will do, definitely. Okay. Take care. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thanks. Cheers. Yeah, exactly.